Chapter 27 In the concrete floor of the never-to-be-finished building was a drain. The drain cover was off. Scurrying on rat feet, I led David to it. It was about six inches in diameter. To a rat, it was plenty big. Down there? David asked nervously. Down there, I said. You go first, he said. I nosed over the edge and blinked blindly at the darkness. I took a deep breath. At least it was better than the time I'd had to morph a mole and dig through the dirt. Not much better, though. I dove over the side and into the pipe. I landed hard after a six-inch drop onto the damp, rotting leaves and filth. I was expecting it. I had tested the route with Cassie earlier. I quickly scurried a few inches down a horizontal pipe. David made a satisfying splat as he hit face first. Ugh! Watch the first step, I said. I can't see anything. Well, that would be because we're in a pipe underground, I said. Don't make me mad, Rachel, David said ominously. First piece is down this pipe, I said. I scurried off, utterly blind, with David bringing up the rear. This better not be a trap, David said. You mess with me, I'll make sure you never get out of here, and your friends will spend the rest of their lives afraid of bug spray. So what are you going to do with the blue box? I asked. What do you care? Just curious, I said meekly. I'll need some people to help me. Like, again. Aren't you afraid that once you give someone morphing power, they'll turn out to be, uh, to do what you did to us? David laughed. You don't think I already thought of that? You guys made a big mistake. You got me. See, I was smarter than any of you. That's why you lost. I'll be more careful. I'll only choose the kind of guys who are too dumb to do anything except obey orders. I rolled my little rat eyes. This guy's ego just kept growing. Here's the first piece, I said. Where? Squeeze up here and you can feel it. How do we get out of here with the piece? Back up. There's a side pipe we can use as a turnaround. Okay, you drag the piece. I grabbed the piece with my sharp little teeth and scooted backward, running occasionally into David's nose. Served him right. We found the side pipe and awkwardly turned around. Where's the next piece? Right down that side pipe. But we have to drag this one out first, I said. Why? Why not get all the pieces and then push them all back to the exit pipe? I... I guess we never thought of that, I said. Of course not, he said, condescendingly. But it's kind of obvious, don't you think? Yeah, I guess it is. Lead the way. I headed down the second pipe. Now my heart was really pounding. So hard, I thought David might hear it and begin to suspect. But no, I had carefully fed his bloated ego, and I had played the role of the beaten down, humiliated girl. His guard was down. He'd killed Tobias. He had my friends trapped. What was there to be afraid of? Everything ready? I called in private thought speak. Everything is ready, Cassie answered in a tortured voice. May I be forgiven for what I am about to do? 
Chapter 28 Down the pipe, through the muck and standing water and filth, past bugs of several types, down the black, claustrophobic tunnel, with David literally stepping on my tail. I was close, very close. Fresh air! No, no! David would sense it. He'd realize. Distraction! I had to distract him. The pipe suddenly opened into what felt to us like a cavern. It was perhaps a foot square, steel all around, but the smell of fresh air was unmistakable to my sensitive rat's nose. To my utter horror, I heard the sound of a distant jet flying overhead. There was no way we should have been able to hear that jet. What's that? David demanded. That sound! What is that sound? Water in the pipes? I suggested, nonchalantly. David pushed into the chamber beside me. All I had to do was back out, get back down that pipe before he did. But if I lunged, he would know instantly. Smells different in here, he said. Yeah, it does, I agreed. Neither of us could see the other, but I could almost hear the wheels turning in his head. A sudden sound of movement. He knew he was going for the exit. I jumped to block his path. Damp fur against damp fur, we collided. In a flash, he was on me, teeth and paws tearing at my face. You think you can trick me? He shrieked. We fell back, face to face, both bleeding. The pipe was on my right, on David's left. We were equally close to it, equally far away, both utterly blind. Be ready, I told Jake grimly. Be very, very ready. We have problems. David rushed at me. But this time, I slid beneath his gnawing mouth, then jerked upward, throwing him off balance. I leapt for the exit. Stopped! He had my tail in his jaw. He was pulling me back. I couldn't reach him, and if I tried, we'd go around in a circle like a dog chasing its tail. He'd be able to get back out of the pipe, maybe escape altogether in the sewer network. Have a good grip back there, Davy boy, I said. You won't get away! Yeah? I twisted back, just as David hoped I would. Only, I didn't attack him. Instead, ignoring the hideous pain, I chewed through my own tail. Ah! I cried in agony as the last shred of skin parted. No! David screamed as he fell back, holding nothing but a few inches of tail. I darted for the exit, and before I was halfway into it, I yelled, Now! 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 The steel gate slammed down. It would have snagged my tail if I'd still had one. David slammed against the barrier. It was a dull thump. No! No! Suddenly, there was light everywhere. A flashlight shone right on my face. I blinked like a miner coming up after a day digging coal. Hey, you want to point that somewhere else? I grumped. In the light of two wavering flashlights, everything could be seen. The way the ground above the pipe had been dug up, bearing the pipe. The way the pipe had been cut, and the steel box that had been affixed to the pipe end. Not to mention the sliding door that had turned the box into a cage. A trap. The top of the box hinged up, but there was a strong wire grid to keep David inside. There he was. A rat. He blinked up at the faces around him. Jake, Cassie, Marco, Axe and my face as I quickly demorphed. 
No way! How did you get out of that bottle? He demanded. That's when Tobias swooped down from the dark sky and landed atop the cage. But... but you're... Dead? Tobias applied. No. You killed some poor redtail who was minding his own business. I broke the Pepsi bottle. The bottle we deliberately left where you could be inspired to use it. See, David? Marco said. We knew you were in the barn, listening to our every word. How did we know? Tobias. So we played out that whole pathetic scene for you about how disgraced Rachel was. We knew you'd get so much sick pleasure out of forcing her to obey you. That piece of the blue box we retrieved? A Lego, I said. All your actions, even your emotions, were anticipated, Axe said. We anticipated how you would respond, so we were able to manipulate you. Okay, okay, David said with a laugh. Okay, you guys won. That's cool. I can accept that. Fine, I'll go my own way now. No one said anything. Look, I'm serious, alright? Jake, you're the man, okay? I looked at Jake. He looked like he hated being alive. I turned my gaze to Marco. He was carefully staring into empty space. Cassie was crying. David hadn't asked who the mastermind of the plan was, who it was who had so accurately appraised his emotions, his need to build his ego, the fact that he would choose me to be his companion. Cassie, of course. Cassie had worked it out, step by step, after Jake and I failed to come up with anything. For Cassie, it was an improvement over the alternatives. See, no one was going to have to die, but David's life would end just the same, and so would Sadler's. Eventually, they would find the real Sadler's body, and then they would know that, at least for them, there was no such thing as a miracle. No, David whispered as the truth began to dawn on him. No, no, no! None of us had a watch, of course, since we'd morphed. But Axe was very accurate about keeping track of time. Jake looked at Axe. Axe showed no visible emotion but I knew Axe well enough to know that he was not exactly enjoying any part of this. He has been in morph for 13 minutes, Axe reported. No, no, no. You guys aren't going to do this, David cried. You tried to kill us, Jake said. You threatened to turn us over to Visser 3, not to mention what you've done to Sadler's family. You can't judge me, David cried. You're not God. David. We have fought the Yurks for a long time now. It seems like forever, Jake said wearily. We are not going to let you beat us. We are going to save the human race if we can. There are larger issues. More important... He looked at Cassie helplessly. He shrugged and made a face like he couldn't stand hearing himself talk. We're doing to you what you were trying to do to us, I said. Law of the jungle. Eat or be eaten. I looked at the others. No need for all of us to hang around here. It looks too obvious. It's bad security. I can handle this. I will stay to keep track of the time, Axe said. I nodded. You don't have to do this, Rachel, Jake said. Everyone is in on this. We all made this choice. Yeah, but it won't bother me. It will bother you guys. Of course, Jake didn't believe me. 
Neither did Cassie or Tobias. Maybe Marco did. I don't know. No one made a move to leave. Look, get out of here, I roared. Get out of here. You're just drawing attention. What if someone comes by? Get out of here. Jake nodded. Yeah, was all he said. Jake's a good leader. He knows when to use us. He knows when to protect us. He knew he had to protect as many of his people as he could from what was going to happen. He took Cassie's arm and called to Tobias and Marco. You can't do this, David moaned. You can't do this! It is now 15 minutes, Axe said. I closed my eyes and wished I could cover my ears to keep out the sounds. But it was thought speak I was hearing, and you can't block that out. Chapter 29 It took two hours for David to become a Nothlet, a person trapped in Morph. Two hours. But that two hours of horror will last forever in my mind. If I live a hundred years, I will still hear his cries, his threats, his pleading, each night before sleep takes me, and beyond sleep, in my dreams. Once we were sure he was trapped, Axe and I morphed. I morphed into a bald eagle, Axe into a harrier. We took turns carrying the helpless rat out across the beach, across the breaking surf, out to the tiny, desolate rock a mile or more from the shore. There were other rats there, because there had to be a food supply. But the rocks and the waves kept humans away from the place. We left him there, and we flew away. Rachel? Axe said. Yeah? I think... I think I will never want to speak of this again. I didn't answer. I was still listening to the thought-speak cries that followed us for so long. That long, wailing, No! At last, the cries were left behind us. We flew over the Marriott Resort where the summit meeting had taken place. It still looked pretty bad. There were repair crews everywhere. No sign of the world leaders. Maybe they decide to take the meeting somewhere else. I can't even imagine what they made of the whole thing. Hard to explain being attacked by elephants and rhinoceroses, here in... well, never mind where here is. Something kind of snapped in me after that. I didn't suddenly become all soft and mushy or anything. I didn't turn into a wimp. But somehow, the joy I'd gotten from combat, the thrill I'd gotten from battle against impossible odds... Well, I guess maybe I just grew up a little. We never heard from David again. Not directly, at least. But months later, I heard some kid at school talking about the rock. It was haunted, he said. He and his family had passed close by on a boat. He swears he heard a faint, ragged voice crying. No! Drag no! Me down into the deep. There are secrets to keep. I'm dead! Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. 
Uh, sorry this one came out a little late. Uh, work's been busy. You know how it goes. But uh, it's here now. And that's it. That's the end of this book and the end of the David trilogy. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I did. It's uh, it's a standout of the series, in my opinion. Everyone remembers the David saga the first time they read it and the ending. Oh my goodness, the ending, am I right? Possibly the darkest this uh, the series gets. And this is the series where, of course... Uh, they all have PTSD from getting lipped, uh, ripped a limb from limb as as ants. So, woof. Um, but I hope you all enjoyed it, and we're just gonna keep on keeping on. Up next is the Hork Bajir Chronicles. So, um, gonna buy some, you know, like honey tea or something for my throat because that one's gonna be tough. Uh, but as usual, I'll try to get the super cut out uh, this coming week. Um, next week at the latest, you know, and, uh, we'll just keep on and, uh, move on into the Horkbisher Chronicles. So I'll see you all there. No other messages this week. Um, you've all heard the end of the show notes. I don't need to do this on this momentous, uh, ending of a trilogy. The only trilogy in the Animorph series. We won't need to do end show announcements. Um, so, yeah. See you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.